Don't sit yet. Wait. Hold on one second. Wait. You guys know by now. Here's what we're going to do. If you have any uh, kids for the C kids, if you can dismiss them at this time, all of our kids for C kids, you can dismiss them. Also, if you are um, new or a guest here, we have a connection card that should be in your program. Um, take time to fill that out and you can put that in your offering. And then finally, greet somebody in here with a high five, a hug, some kind of love. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, that's pretty weak, guys. Good morning again. All right, that's slightly better. All right, well, it's so good to see each and every one of you here today, and I'm so glad we can share with you. Um, it's been an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, week, and I hope that God has just blessed you in tremendous ways. We are finishing up a series entitled uh, Faith Works. Faith works. And so if you have your Bibles or your app, we're going to ask that you turn to the book of Ephesians, the second chapter. Ephesians, the second chapter. And while you're flipping there, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Ephesians, the second chapter. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace and your wisdom and your mercy, your love and your kindness. We ask, Father, that you would continue to uh, fill us with your thoughts, your truth, your spirit. I ask God that you open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word and that you would find um, delight in the spirit that we bring to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, and even if you don't, if you please stand with us as we honor to read God's word, Ephesians, the second chapter of reading verses 4 through 10. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. You guys may be seated. I know you're waiting for another round of Simon Says, but not this Sunday. Not this Sunday. Um, I was explaining to you guys last week um, how I became um, a preacher, uh, how I started preaching, how I was sharing God's word. I told you it started with me being 19 years old and someone asking me to come work at this daycare center, and I started working there. And uh, three weeks later, passing out crackers and juice and throwing a frisbee and football, um, the head teacher stepped down, and there were three other aides in that classroom, and they asked me to be the lead teacher. They promised me um, the ability to go to school, and they would pay for my certifications and all those great things, and it's something I didn't want to do. I wanted to pass out crackers, juice, 
throw the Fisbury and play basketball. That's all I wanted to do. And they grabbed me and they put me into this position. I didn't want to work. And one of my top qualifications, one of the top things I had to do in this Christian school with this daycare center is I had to teach Bible lessons. 19 years old. I don't know anything about Bible lessons. That's part of my requirements is to teach Bible lessons. And I grabbed a book and I started to figure out how to teach Bible lessons to a kid. And I got super bored very easily. I got bored because I didn't want to teach the same lessons. You know the same lessons. David and Goliath, uh, Samson and, and long hair and, the, and Delilah, and you know, all those same old Bible stories. Adam and Eve, I didn't want to do that stuff. Like I heard it a billion times over, I didn't want to do it anymore. And so it forced me to look in the Bible for different stories that I had never heard about or never found because I wasn't going to teach the same old stuff. I'm not saying God's word is boring. I just heard the stories a billion times that I was bored with the stories. Y'all with me? And so I decided I wanted to teach different things. And in that process of reading, in that process of studying, I started teaching lessons that I had never planned on teaching. I started sharing stuff I had never planned on sharing. And all of a sudden, the Bible became alive to a kid that had a difficulty reading in the first place. If you guys don't know, I struggle with dyslexia. It's a learning disability. It's diagnosed in the uh, third grade. When I read stuff, the words move around on the page. It takes me time to focus and concentrate. And yet here I am at 19 that struggled in high school, struggled in middle school, struggled in elementary school, struggling in college to be able to read and write papers is now reading through the Bible to find stories to share with people. And I have fun. Well, amen. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. And, and, and doing all of that struggle and all of that frustration, I'm having amazing time teaching people stories they had never heard about to the point where I was teaching so well to my class and our kids were learning that they asked me to come around and teach the teachers how to teach Bible lessons. Can you imagine being 21 years old teaching professional people that have degrees and masters in teaching, early childhood, education. I am teaching them how to teach the Bible to their kids in a way that they would get it in the classroom. Wow. And all I wanted to do two years before was pass out crackers, give juice, play frisbee, and basketball with the kids. And I find myself two years later teaching teachers how to teach the Bible. It's because God recognizes the works and the gifts that he's put in us, and he wants to put us to work. And so we get into this very interesting passage of Scripture as we wrap up our series about faith works, is that he starts off talking about, listen, before I start telling you about these amazing gifts and talents that God has given you, how God has created you to do amazing and awesome work, I want to first help you understand salvation. What? That's the weirdest conversation ever. I want to talk to you about gifts, but before we get to gifts and works and talent, let's talk about salvation. He gives us four things he shares in this passage of Scripture that I want to share with you guys. In Ephesians 2.8, he tells us this first thing. He says, God's grace. Watch verse 8 right here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. He says that the very first gift that you receive is the gift of salvation. You receive the gift of salvation through God. You don't receive the gift of salvation because you did anything awesome or amazing or unbelievable. It's because of God's grace that he gives you this gift. 
And the first gift that you're going to receive that allows you to operate in the gifts and talents that he's given you is the gift of salvation. And the gift of salvation comes from God. And there's absolutely nothing you can do to get this gift except ask Jesus to be your personal savior after he died on the cross for you and I. Man, deep theological information here today. And so he says he gives you this salvation, this first gift of salvation, that you will be saved and promised to be with him, an heir of, of the throne of righteousness. You're going to be this great thing because you're going to receive this gift, and this gift is salvation, and you get this gift not by anything you can do. It's given to you by grace. How many of you guys have kids? Now watch this. It's going to be really funny. All the kids in here are like, all right, where are we going with this? Here we go. Have you ever walked in the Target and you have a mission, toilet paper, laundry detergent, you know the mission, the short list, and you go in there and as you're walking through Target, you say, ooh, little Johnny would love this, Susie would love that, and even though you had no intentions of getting them anything, you stopped down their aisle and you found something for them that you had no intentions of giving them and you brought it back to them and said, here's these earrings, here's these shoes, here's these Jordans, here's this whatever. Bam! And they're like, wow, thanks. And you're like, you're welcome. And I didn't do anything. I didn't get good grades. Don't worry about good grades. I just wanted to give this to you. That's grace. You didn't deserve it. You didn't work for it. You didn't put no time in. But you got it. Have you ever come home and he said to you ladies, get your coat, girl. We're going out to Outback tonight. You ain't got to cook nothing. I got it. Ooh, we're going to Outback. Can I get anything you want? Coconut shrimp, get it all, girls. All, come on. Don't you cook a thing tonight. You were mean and nasty on Wednesday. One no love Thursday night. But he took you to Outback. Because it's grace. It's favor, even though you don't deserve it. It's favor because you don't really ask for it. It's just grace, fellas. Yeah, all right, good. Glad you're awake. Fellas, have you ever just walked in the house? Yeah, we're real simple. And she walked back out and said, have the rest of the day to yourself. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened. Ladies, we got <laughs> we to <gotta> talk, ladies. <laughs> She said, enjoy the game. I'm going out with mom and them. I'm going out with somebody. And they left you for a whole game. Never. Well, it's a dream. It's a dream. That would be grace if that ever happened. <laughs> you didn't deserve it, but somehow you got blessed with it. God says, listen, the first gift I'm going to give you is that I'm going to give you grace. And it's the gift of salvation. You didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything. You couldn't earn it, but I'm giving it to you. He says, the first gift that God gives us is grace. And this gift of grace, this gift of salvation, excuse me, is going to open up all these doors. But he needs you to understand in point number two, God, not us. Watch verses eight through nine. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. He says, I want you to understand that you cannot mop your way work your way, pray your way into getting all of this amazing stuff. You can't save yourself. He says salvation comes through Jesus Christ. 
the dying of, of him on the cross, the shedding of his blood, asking for forgiveness of our sins. He says that's where salvation comes from. He says that is the gift of grace that was given to us. That is the gift of salvation that is extended to us. He says you cannot work your way into heaven. You can't. There are some religions, they do, they do a lot of stuff because they believe that eventually with all these works and all these things, they'll earn their way into heaven. He says you can't earn your way into heaven. And we as Christians, for the most part, have adopted that mentality that we can't earn our way into heaven. The problem is we do feel like we can earn our way to God's good rewards. Whoa. Mind blown. And so a lot of times we feel like, yeah, we know we can't work our way into heaven, but we do feel like we can work our way into getting brownie points from the Lord. We can score. If we serve on the, on the singing team, if we, if we clean up enough stuff, if we stack up enough chairs, if we smile at enough people, we'll earn all these extra brownie points. That mentality is the same mentality that thinks you can work your way into heaven, and you can't work your way into heaven, and you can't work your way to get extra points with God. It's not that kind of system. In our minds, we think, if, you know, if our kids, you know, they think if they can do enough stuff, they'll earn something. It's not how God works. And one of the biggest issues is we start serving in all these things. We start doing all of this stuff because we think clearly we're stacking up some good points with God. Clearly. And when life goes crazy, we get mad at who? God. Why? Because I've been a good husband. I've been a good wife. I've served in all these ministries. I've helped out here. I helped out there. I helped out. I did this. I did that. I did that. I did that. And I, you let you down on your list of all the stuff you did. And because God didn't answer you in your prayer, or God didn't come through, or the job didn't happen, or you lost the job, or marriage is getting funky, all of a sudden, I'm mad at God, and I'm out. I'm taking my Bible, taking my stuff, and I'm having a seat. I ain't singing on the choir no more. I'm not singing in the worship team. I'm not greeting people. Because I did all that, and he didn't answer my prayers. And so we expect God to do all of these things because we work so hard, and that's not how God works. I've had a bad day. I can't do this ministry thing. I've had a bad week. I can't serve. I just, I'm dip, 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 dip. Guess what? I'm married. <laughs> and there are some days where me and Rosie don't have a great Friday night or a Saturday night. And I don't just mail it in. I don't just call Marty and say, Marty, go ahead and speak for me because I'm not happy. God didn't make everything happy at home this week. I'm going home. Some of y'all are going to say, well, you get paid to preach on Sunday. Elders, how many sick days do I have? Quite a few. How many personal days do I have? Quite a few. I can mail it in and still meet my quota and be fine and still get paid. Praise Jesus. <laughs> and just because I can shut it down because I didn't get my prayer answered or things aren't happy at home, I can shut it down, but I don't because you got to understand you still got to push through even when you don't feel like it. Just because you didn't get your prayer answered or you put in all your Jesus points and you didn't get to cash them in on this special request doesn't mean you get to mail it in and say, I'm done. He says in this scripture, he says that if you thought that you saved yourself, you would boast about it. You'd brag about it. You stick out your chest and be like, look what I did. Look how awesome I am. God says, I'm not worried about that. 
Your work is not to you, it's unto the Lord, says scripture. Oh, it's quiet. All right, let's keep going. All right. Point number three. God especially made us to do his work. God especially made us to do his work. Let's look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. He says that each and every person in this place that is, a, that is saved, that belongs to Jesus, each and every person, he created you, he made you for a specific purpose. He created you to be an amazing tool of God. He created you to be used by God in a special and a specific way. Whether you want to believe it or not, it says it right there in the scriptures, now what Brian Wade says, he says that he made you, he created you to be a special piece of instrument, special tool to be used in a certain kind of way to do the work of who? Yourself? No. The work of God, the work of him. Your job is to do God's job, to do the work. And so what does he do? He takes this kid, it's 19 years old, puts him in a place where all he wanted to do was pass out crackers, you got it, juice, throw a what? And play what? He takes this guy and he puts him in this building and he starts having him teach lessons to kids. And he does it in such a way that God is pleased the kids are starting to grow and get information. And people are like, wow, look at my, look at my kid that's learning in this classroom. By the way, I didn't have the, I didn't have the special kids. I didn't have the, so there was two sides to the school. You guys ready? There was the public side of the school, and there was the academy side of the school. The academy side was for all the Bible classing, Bible teaching. It was the Bible school. You with me? That was the Christian academy. I had, I had, I had, the, I had the county kids. <laughs> I, said that. I had the county kids. So the county kids hopped off their multiple buses, came into the classroom, and they threw all the county kids in one classroom, 35 of them, ages from 5 to 12, 35. Mm, there you go. That's why it was three A's and a teacher in the classroom. It's 35 county kids from ages 5 to 12, and they were the unruly kids. And then they had the Christian kids, you know, yeah, Jesus and all that. They had Christian kids. What they found out, I was the only man in that whole entire place, all the women everywhere working, aides and teachers and everything. They found in a year and a half that our kids were acting better than these kids. And our kids had a better education as far as when it came to biblical teaching than these kids. Y'all see what's happening? So they took me and said, why don't you come work with our academy kids and we'll give you more what? Money and we'll pay for more what? Classes and you come teach our teachers how to teach whatever you're teaching to get those kids like this. God takes you at the level that you are, and he plants you in certain places to do great and amazing works. And he did it because he recognized your story, your history, your background, and he takes all of that and he makes you a special tool to work in a special arena and environments. And so to the PG County kids, I knew how to relate to them because we had PG County issues, and I'm a PG County product. And so because I'm a PG County product, I know how to deal with PG County kids. Are y'all with me? And so I was, God used me for a specific function and a specific purpose. 
And as I was with the PG County kids being a PG County product, and we were doing PG County stuff, but doing it in a way that honored God, Lord, Lord, you know, I could talk and relate, but he used that time period to let me learn how to also grow in God's word, that now when there are people that need God's word, that may have the education and the proper mentality and, you know, they have all that stuff. He then took the education that he allowed me to get on the PG County side and transferred that over to the academy side. Wow, it's quiet in here. We're missing out that God has specifically made us for certain things to function a certain kind of way. And we feel like we don't fit in here. Or we don't have it here. Or we don't have it there. God's not worried about what you don't think you have. He made you specifically to do amazing things. With those PG County kids, there's some hard-headed kids. They grew up in another area of life. They understand life differently. And so with those PG County kids, I had to be a hammer as well as love. They didn't see that a lot in life. And that from a man, definitely. When I got to the academy side, I had to be education and love. Because it's amazing how many people put their kids in all these Christian schools and they don't spend no time with their kids. They take them to before care, they leave them there all day in school, and they leave them there in aftercare, and they're there 11 or 12 hours. But they have the finest education, and their dads and moms drive the best cars, and they think because they pump all this money into them that they know something, that they're doing something, they're missing out on relationship. And from education to education, I learned how to do what? Discipleship. And God is saying that I've made each and every one of you a special way to meet a special need to change the lives of people. Well, I'm not cut out. I'm not made. I don't know. I don't have enough time. That's all a you problem. Have y'all heard that saying before? I'll help y'all. Watch point four. It says God is waiting for you to work. Watch verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He says he's created all of these things that he's looking for you to do. He's created all these avenues for lives to be touched and changed. The problem is he is waiting for you to what? Walk in them. He's creating, he's waiting for you to walk in the gifting that he's given you. He's created you to walk in the talents that he's placed you with. He's called you to do amazing things, but the creator of the universe is waiting on you. Wow. The God that fashions the sun and the sky, separates the land and the sea, creates the creeping, crawling things. The God that does all of these amazing miracles that changes life at the end of the day is waiting on you and I to get it. He recognizes there are things that need to be done. There's lives to be changed. There's work to be done in the community. There's work to be done in the city. There's work to be done in our own church. And he says, unfortunately, the God of the universe is waiting on you and I to get it. He's waiting on us to walk into whatever he has called us and passioned us to do. He's called some of us to write books. He's called some of us to help. He's called some of us to serve. He's called some of us to welcome, some of us to love, some of us to give, some of us to just be there and be a face, and we're still not walking in what he called us to do. 
So this morning, my car is covered in frost, ice. I tell all of my beautiful children, get dressed, brush your teeth, some deodorant on, we're going to church, pick up some breakfast for the thing we have over here. Get everybody ready. I go downstairs. I turn on the engine. Car is warming up. I take the dog outside one more time while everybody's getting ready. All right. <laughs> all right. Come back in. And I say, all right, let's go. And then I go outside and I start to chisel the ice off of my car. It's been running for like five minutes. I'm chiseling the ice off because I know it's going to take them forever to get downstairs. And I finished chiseling the ice off the car. I put the ice scraper back in the car, and still no one has come out of the house. Just waiting. I'm the Lord of the house. The master of the finances. <laughs> the God of my little universe and minivan. I promise you food, safety, protection, everything. And the head of the house is waiting in the cold for three crumb snatchers who said they were ready. I'm preaching better than y'all three are saying amen right now. Just waiting. And I wonder if this is how God looks at you and I at times. I've given you everything. I've prepared you with everything. I just need you to come on. But I'm not ready putting my shoe together. I'm personally still dealing with me issues. Just come on. We got things to do, places to go, lives to change. Come on. I got sausage in a bag <laughs> and two gallons of milk times five. Come on. We got lives to change. Hold on. I'm not done yet. And God is saying, I've made you specifically to do great and amazing and wonderful things I just need you to walk out what I've called you to do. Stop questioning. Stop wondering. Stop, I don't know if I have time. Stop trying to... <laughs> stop it. And let's just walk it out so that you can fulfill the things that God has been pestering your soul with. There's nothing worse than being called to do something great and we're scared to step out and do it. He said he already did it. I'm done on this point right here. Could you imagine if I had been 19 years old and they said, we want you to teach this class, and I said, nah, I just came here to pass out crackers and juice. I don't want to be the teacher. I'm good with being an aide. <laughs> Could you imagine the lives that may not have been impacted because I decided, let's walk it out and see where it goes. 
could you imagine not being able to learn while on the job of learning how to read scripture, how to share God's word, how to take that to another arena of people I didn't know how to deal with and learn how to share his word, how to grow, how to be relational, how to do discipleship. I wouldn't be pastor. Y'all wouldn't love me as a pastor I am right now. The one for 19 years old and making a decision. Thank you. You would, none of y'all question anything I do anyway, but if you did, it would only because <laughs> God is waiting for you to do great and amazing things, but you've got to walk on it. But you've got to walk on it. Here's your takeaway for today. God is waiting for you to do great works. He's called you. He's placed it in your heart. He's given you the passion. He's given you the desire. He's given you the thoughts. He's given you the dreams. He's given you the press on your heart. I asked somebody just as we say, I have been dying desperately to do some kind of service in this church. Ding! This series has really been pressing me and stressing me to ding! Well, if this has been the place that's been pressing you and stressing you to do great works, you feel like you can do more, we about to sign you up. Strap in. And God is going to take you further and do more amazing things because of your willingness. Don't let this year be another year that passes you by. Let's pray. Father God, it's by your absolute amazing grace that you, Lord God, look over us, that you watch out for us, that you speak to us, that you deal with us, that you are constantly just harassing us with your Holy Spirit. That there's something we can't let go of. It's something that we can't shake. You are calling us to do greater things. Humble our hearts. Humble our minds. And let us just go and do your will. Walk out and serve you. Give us boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get into communion, I want to share with you real quick, before we get into communion, if you're not sure what your gift is, if you're kind of like, I feel like I should be doing something, but I don't know, we have put something in our email that you can click on and go to to help you kind of assess your talents and your abilities and where you can best plug that in in the church, plug that in in the community. We also now have it up on our website. When you go to our About Us page, if you go through there, it says Spiritual Gifts Assessment. Click on there, and it'll give you some insight on what maybe your desires are, what your passion is, who you are. Come talk to us as a church, as leadership uh, whatever your assessment is, whatever you just feel, come talk to us and we'll start working with you. Not that we can build the most amazing church, we want to do that, but so we can help you be everything God is calling you to be. So you can answer the call that God has on your life. As we're getting ready to, for communion, we're going to ask that God starts working on our hearts. We're going to ask that God starts purging these issues, purging these struggles, and that God would give us boldness. That in communion, we're dealing with fellowship. And so, God, we ask that we would have fellowship and relationship with you, fellowship and serving with you, and doing with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.